As an enterprise, effective communication with employees, customers, and vendors is vital for company growth. Now with Studio, there's a powerful solution for business communication, podcasts. Studio will host, manage, and distribute private podcasts for your business and provide the support and resources needed to launch and maintain them successfully. It's no wonder that companies like Salesforce, Nike, and Facebook trust Studio to power their private podcasts. Request a free personalized demo today at the letter ustudio.com. Be sure to mention you heard about it on Equity. Good morning and welcome to Equity Monday, TechCrunch's kickstart to your week, where we take a quick and useful look at the markets, go over the latest early stage news, discuss what happened over the weekend, and talk about what is coming up. I have to start with a short confession this week. If you go back in time to when we were putting this show together, dreaming it up over the Christmas break and kind of thinking about what it would come to be, we were a little bit worried there would occasionally not be enough news. What if one week came around and there wasn't enough going on to actually fill the show? Now, so far, so good. But this morning, we've actually had, and this is kind of funny, the opposite problem. What happens when there's far too much news to cram into our six or seven minutes together? And with that, I'll shut up so we can begin. It's January 27th. I'm Alex Wilhelm, and you are listening to Equity Monday, your jumpstart to work. Today's news starts in China, where the coronavirus stemming from the city of Wuhan continued to spread, causing global unease and local panic. As of last night, Chinese officials said that there were more than 2,700 individuals infected and at least 80 deaths tied to the disease. Other countries that have cases include Australia, France, Thailand, and the United States. The impact of the disease in economic terms is beginning to set in and get worse around the world, and that is harming the value of global companies. Now, it certainly feels crass to talk about the impact of what is a very real and kind of urgent human tragedy in terms of dollars and cents, but this is a podcast ultimately about startups. So roll with me here, knowing that we're only talking about a fraction of the story. As we record this Monday, stocks have sold off in China and Japan, South Korea, Germany, the UK, and other locations. The US markets aren't open yet, but they are already flashing warning signs. It's going to be a bad day. All that market chop looking ahead is pretty bad news. It's bad news for the big tech companies that are going to report earnings this week. And it's pretty bad news for the smaller tech companies that are going to report earnings this week. And it's also pretty bad for startups who are compared to those same tech companies that are now freely selling off. Now, the context for this is that there's already pressure on startups before this happened globally. It's well known now that the venture capitalists of the world are suddenly in love with startups that burn less cash as they grow. Profitability, something that was previously mocked as evidence that a startup was not investing enough or didn't have enough places to invest, is suddenly back in vogue. Profits are hot. Profits are good. That's a change. But when VCs expect startups to instantly lose less money, having, at the same time, valuation pressure come crashing down from above is not great for anyone out there trying to raise money. It's kind of squeezed on both sides. Here's some perspective on this. Some companies won't go public during an election year simply to avoid market turmoil. It's just too risky. Why, why do it? Just do it the next year, you know? Now, Think about this in a more startup-y context. Imagine trying to raise a Series B for your software company as global equities sell off and SaaS takes a gut punch. Atlassian, just to pick an example, is off 2.4% in pre-market trading today alone. 
And to kind of bring this full circle, you can't not raise a Series B usually for an extra year. You tend to need the money. In more concrete terms, Apple, AMD, eBay, PayPal, Amazon, Facebook, and Microsoft are reporting this week that is trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars in tech value reporting when the underlying markets are afraid. If those reports go poorly, pressure on startups could increase even more. Turning to funding rounds that have already happened instead of funding rounds that might happen later on, this morning we have three. Up top, Mural announced a $23 million Series A today. I covered the round for uh, TechCrunch.com this morning, and I spoke to the company's CEO and one of its investors on Friday when I was in DC. What matters here is that the company had only raised a few million dollars before this round. That caught my eye. Why go from a few million to 23 million? Was there a lot of enthusiasm here? If so, why? I wanted to figure it out. Well, as it turns out, Mural has been, since it raised that little bit of money early on, busy growing and signing up six and seven figure deals with large customers. That makes it Series A no joke. That means that Series A is actually probably pretty well tied to its ARR and a kind of a fair ARR multiple. Radiant Capital, by the way, led the round. Now, if you haven't heard of Mural, I think the website's mural.co, if I recall correctly. Anywho, uh, Mural does kind of visual team collaborative communication stuff. So if you have a remote team and need to kind of work on some ideas together, Mural is a place to do that visually. Imagine like a digital whiteboard, but a lot more than that. It's kind of cool. And uh, given its customer scale, I presume it'll do a lot of the Series A. So I'm kind of excited to see what's up for the next. Turning to our second round, otter.ai, or just otter, I suppose, raised last week as the week kind of closed out and we missed it. So I'm going to bring it up now. Otter just put $10 million in a Series B to work to help power its recording and transcription tool that is popular with, ahem, journalists. I use it pretty much every single day and pay for it on my personal card because I really can't live without it. The company's software is great at getting an 80% transcription done in record time, and it's quite cheap. So if you, a reporter, or anyone else recording a phone call, with permission, of course, inputs the audio, it will give you a roughly 80% correct transcript. Then from there, you can go find the parts you need, clean up the quotes, and then all of a sudden, you're done. Saves you tons of time, and it's just damn affordable. According to VentureBeat, the round was led by NTT Docomo's Ventures. Also in the round were, and I quote, Fusion Fund, GGV, Dragon Fund, Duke University Innovation Fund, Harris Barton Asset Management, Slow Ventures, and others. And finally this morning, Crunchbase Data reports that SAE, S-A-E-E, a Jeddah, Saudi Arabia-based, quote, last mile delivery startup raised $2.4 million. Now, we don't hear about too many rounds from Saudi Arabia, let alone kind of early stage logistics rounds. This caught my eye. I don't know much about the company, but it does kind of go to show that e-commerce and uh, let's just say an increase to the needs of shipping are a global concern. And that means there's going to be a lot of these companies probably in every single country that exists. Uh, turns out people love delivery literally everywhere. To wrap up today, DoorDash and Lime. Both companies are American unicorns and each has proved controversial in its own ways. Now, DoorDash is uh, infamous, I think, for its tipping practices, its pay rules, and its restaurant acquisition strategy. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, Google it. Lime is uh, well known, perhaps, for its approach to scooter deployment and regulation, or trying to avoid regulation. Again, Google's your friend. Each company has also raised titanic amounts of money. We are talking hundreds of millions of dollars, or in the case of DoorDash, north of a billion. They've spent that money, they've grown quickly, they've built a big brand in record time. 
And they share one more thing, notably. According to the Wall Street Journal, they can't seem to close a new round. I'm going to quote, Companies, including Lime and food delivery-focused DoorDash, Inc., once able to raise large infusions of cash with little trouble, both sought to raise hundreds of millions of dollars in the past three months and haven't yet succeeded, people familiar with the attempts said. I think I'll summarize that by just saying, yeesh. Recall that we're heading into what should prove to be a pretty hard week for public equities, which will harm sentiment for private companies. That's how that works. If Lime and DoorDash couldn't raise before, what's going to happen now? Now, I don't think either company is going to go to zero. They're both big, well-funded, lots of revenue. There's plenty of value there. How much value? I don't know. Who's going to pay for it? Unclear. How much will they be able to raise? Eh. But it's not looking good for two of America's best known and most controversial unicorns. And that's all we have for today. I hope that you are well and that all things are good where you are. Hugs and love from Providence, as always, where it is earlier and colder than I want to admit. I am Alex Wilhelm. This is Equity Monday, and you are tremendous. Peace.